to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I am Lenfoot. And welcome to the Victorian Dandy Program. Uh, you are listening live from the home <laughs> studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where it's fantastic pasta night. <laughs> yes. Amazing. It's fantastic pasta night. And really, there's nothing better than fantastic pasta, as far as I'm concerned, mm -hmm. as far as most people are. Um, and we want to welcome you, the Jag Bags listeners, to not only fantastic pasta night, but our amazing, fantastic recap episode where we will go through a variety of topics that you, the lucky Jag Bags listeners, will profit and benefit from. You get at least an hour of our expertise. Expertise. On the following subjects. We'll be talking all things MLB. We're back in action after the All-Star break. The Guardians were in town visiting the Sox at a raucous guaranteed rate field. I was there with our frequent guest, Jesse, and uh, we have the update on that series, as well as the Cubs sweeping the evil Philadelphia Phillies. Len has the update on that. We're also talking the WNBA. Len has worn his WNBA Finals t-shirt specifically for this portion of the podcast. We're going to talk all things uh, Chicago Sky, find out where they are as they incredibly hurtle down the home stretch. Uh, playoffs are coming up sooner than later. Len has the updates. Plus, we'll talk uh, I Recommend, where Len and I will recommend a book or movie or piece of furniture, something, a computer equipment, Something that you can benefit from and profit from here on Jag Bags. So we'll do our I, I recommend section. And then finally, I will go through Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time and pick several albums uh, that uh, I have given you and I have uh, listened to, done a deep dive on, and will give you the full skinny Tonight, we're going to be going over albums by Alia, PJ Harvey, Solange, Neil Young, Wire, Joy Division, and Brian Eno. Yep, it's a big, big night, but I promise to be brief but thorough with those reviews. Um, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of that magazine coming out. <laughs> I just noticed that. And I am more, nope, I'm not even halfway there. <laughs> that is the thoroughness with which I have gone through and painstakingly reviewed these albums. No less than Mr. Tony LaRussa himself has said, Beave, I want to thank you for that incredible Mariah Carey album that you reviewed. I had it in my collection. I've thrown it out <laughs> thanks to you. And uh, I heard though that TL threw it out on an accident. Well, he thought he was throwing out home plate yeah. and it turns out it was Mar Mariah Carey album. He had to, he had to, uh, 
cover up for it somehow. Uh, him and uh, Jerry Dibzinski probably had a few too many drinks that night. Confusion <laughs> is understandable. Him as a dibber doing more than a sipper. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, when you go out for a night with the dibber, wild things happen. Yeah. Especially Tony Larusa and Jerry Dibzinski. That's like nitro and glycerin. Mm-hmm. That is well known. That is well known throughout uh, Chicago bars and prisons. Um, so, uh, but first, before we get into any of this, the Emmy nominations are out for this year. And uh, were there any surprises, Len, or what were your initial thoughts? on the Emmy nominations, and is there any particular nominee that you're really rooting for uh, or against? Uh, I have a lot. I have a lot to say about the Emmys. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really hard thing to do nowadays. No kidding. Because there's 8 billion shows. Right. But one of the – this isn't, like, my specific complaint, but – a lot of writers were saying they just kind of repeated some of the nominees, mm-hmm. whether they deserved it or not. Right. One, my f- first complaint is the show Atlanta, which I think is great. Yeah. It only got a nomination for Donald Glover as best actor in a comedy. And that's it. And that's it. And I don't even know. If I could call that show a comedy anymore, I mean, there's some moments, but it's just, it's a really kind of dark show in a way. And I guess there's moments of humor, but it's, especially this year, it was completely different. Yeah. And all the actors are really good. I mean, Donald Glover, I feel like when he writes for that show, he doesn't give himself the best stuff. Right. I think Brian Tyree Henry for sure should have been nominated. Do you ever watch Atlanta? Season one. Season one. Well, he's yeah. great. Yeah. And I think for this season, he had he had the best stuff out of the other actors because there are a couple episodes where the main cast weren't even in the show because he just did a totally separate thing for those. Yeah. And they were good episodes. So, like, Zazie Beetz didn't get to do as much as she normally does, even though she's really good. Yeah. And uh, Lakeith Stanfield, he, I love. he's great, too. But he didn't do the same thing. They, those two didn't get to do as much as they normally do. So, but Brian Tyree Henry, for sure. And I think that should get nominated as best comedy series. Mm. So that was that was disappointing. And then, but some of the other shows, like we both watch Ozark. You said you're not done, but Ozark got nominated. Stranger Things. Have you watched Stranger Things this year? Season, also season one. Uh, also season- <laughs> my, uh, although our uh, frequent uh, podcast guest, Jesse Byer, is a gigantic fan. And so she is making me sit down and watch all of the episodes. So we're starting with uh, season one again, even though I've watched season one, but uh, she's full of insights um, on each episode. And so after we're done, she says, well, what do you think of the character development of Eleven or um, 
you know, uh, Lucas or, and uh, just talks about what the director is doing, what the writer is doing. She's very proud of this. That's what we should do. Maybe have her on. We should do a Stranger Things pod before yeah. season five next year. She's uh, she's the perfect uh, <laughs> guest for that spot because she's, and her, pals, uh, her pal Rita, who's also been on uh, Jag Mags, uh, talking about One Direction and also Harry Potter. Uh, they are the perfect people to tell you all about Stranger Things. So that'd yeah, be we gotta a, pencil that'd it be in for next year. Yeah, yeah. Me, me, and Henry have been watching it, and I think I think the season's good. And because I read reviews of it, and they're like, "Oh, it's too gory," and I'm like, "Not really." The only thing, I think we have maybe two, either two or three episodes left, because the season one was like part one and part two, but part two is just two episodes, mm -hmm. but they're both super long. Like the final right. episode of the year is two and a half hours. <laughs> so <laughs> we're almost we're almost there though. And they're good. But the only thing I have issue with this year is it's like five different plots. Right. I mean, not five different plots, but it's like five different groups of people. So yeah. you have eleven story, you have Hopper, you have um I'm trying to think of their names in that show. There's the kids. There's Lucas and uh, Dustin and Will. Yeah, and Will and who's the the guy who's Eleven's boyfriend? What's his name in the show? Mike. Mike. They're on the West Coast mm -hmm. doing stuff. So that's three right there. Plus you have... It's just too much. It's just like you want them all to be back together again. And I have a feeling that's what will happen next year, but it's a little like the Hopper plot, especially this year. It's just taken way too long. <laughs> You're like, come on, let's get this done. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you don't want them in Russia forever. Can we, can we wrap this one up, please? Sometimes that's a problem, you know, with many, with, with many series, it's, you know, you're trying to stretch it out and it gets stretched out too much to the point where nothing is happening. Yeah, and then you kind of you go back to one of the other ones. And you're like, oh yeah, this is still going on too, right? So, but it is. It, it, I I am enjoying it though. You but, never mind if they're good characters and it's well written. I don't. I never mind too much. Um, sometimes a series can end too quickly, and then there's like they they wrap it up too quickly, and there's still two more episodes to go. And it's kind of like postscript episodes, not yeah. things, but others in general. Um, that's a problem too. I'm trying to think about what I was going to say, but part of that frustration I have too, I think, is because you like characters so much, right? You don't want them separated with each other. You want all those friends together because Will and Mike aren't with Dustin and Lucas and. Uh, whoever Sadie Sink's character's name. I keep, I don't remember. I should have written down the character's names. Yeah. And Ma Maya Hawk is great. And mm -hmm. Steve is great. Yep. You're just like, okay, put them all in this, put them all together to right. fight this common enemy. And the villain is, the villain's great this year. The villain's just like, you're like, <laughs> that but I think, I mean, some, the, the actors should get recognized, at least some of them. 
I think that's one of the strongest things. Who do you, who's your favorite? Well, you only saw West season one, but who did you like the best actor wise? You know, it's, it's, that's a great question. I liked. Um, Ask Jesse that. I'd like to know what she, who, what she thinks. She likes Lucas uh, for whatever reason. And cause I'm like, you know, he's all right. Uh, his character is like kind of the skeptic and uh, he doesn't get a ton to do though. So in the beginning, she was all about Steve Harrington. In fact, she had a Steve Harrington t-shirt that said, I'm in love with Steve Harrington <laughs> and uh, wore that around. Uh, that was it. That was during the actual season one. Um, he's great. He's a lot of, he might be, he might win the poll. Like if you had a favorite character, he might win. I, it's it's pretty crazy because when you first meeting you think oh he's a typical you know preppy jagoff, um, but it not really at all. He's they evolve the character. They, they really do, do. they do a really good job writing for him. They really do. He's almost like the dad of the group, even though he's what a year or two older. Than I know. Him. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, all all the I mean I think even uh, I forget the actor who plays Hopper. But he's, he's very, great. He's great. Very, very good. And even yeah, when I might, he might, he might, I don't, he might be my favorite. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I don't, his plot's dragging on too long this year. And Winona Ryder's kind of in a thankless role because. No, I, mean, I think she's good. She's one, but I really like her. I think she's what, well, you, you know, when you watch that, the whole thing, because she's the concerned mom. And I always like her. So. We all did and do. Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely got to do a podcast on Stranger Things next year. Yeah, we're on it. And Jesse, then, uh, I'm yeah. Jesse. I just volunteered her. wonder when the oh, next She'll season, be there. Maybe the next season will be next summer. But it'd be nice to do it like right before season five starts. Like, right. favorite characters, what do we think is going to happen? All that stuff. Things yeah. we hope that. Yeah, great idea. Mm -hmm. And we then don't another need show a production meeting for that. What is? We don't even need a production meeting for that. <laughs> Just hammered it out. Right I am now. leery of production meetings ever since the Alex fiasco. But which one? <laughs> Look, Alex is evolving, and I hope you'll join him on his journey to self-discovery. Anyways, your head. He tries. But <laughs> another show we talked about, one of your favorites, Succession got a ton of nominations. I think it got the most nominations. Oh, delicious. And what did you, have you watched all of this season? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you think? Loved it. Loved it. I think I'm, I'm behind. I've watched a couple episodes. Who's your favorite? Great question. I mean, they're all so awful. <laughs> put yourself in the place of, they're terrible people. I love them all. Put yeah. yourself in the place of a Emmy voter. I think I would. I don't. I would vote for Brian Cox. Um, because so it's Brian Cox versus Jeremy Strong. So you'd pick Brian Cox over Jeremy Strong. Jeremy Strong plays the oldest son, right? Yeah. He's a total dillweed. <laughs> yeah. <A> complete dillweed. <laughs> I, I, just a pathetic person, <laughs> but I think I would go with Brian Cox, but it's hard because and Jeremy, Jeremy strong won last year. He does a great job. He, you know, that's not easy to pull that off. 
where just someone with zero self-respect and, and he does it's a great. nice group of actors this year because it's those two and bateman who we both like mm-hmm. and adam scott who i always i haven't seen severance but i love adam scott so it's good to see him get nominated love adam scott and then the other succession actors so supporting actor in a drama you have nicholas braun you have McFadden. Is it, he's your he's your favorite though, right? McFadden. Didn't we talk about that? I really like him. I mean, I think he's uh, he's another weasel, a complete weasel. In fact, he's just a weasel. Yeah, he's great. But, uh, but I think Nicholas Braun's great too. I think. I guess I think we said when we talked about Succession, my favorite part of the show is those two, the scenes they have together. Right. Just their weird dynamic. They are because he is so. I can't even tell with him because he is also his character is also pathetic and stupid <laughs> and conniving. And yet somehow and, and naive and like terribly trusting where you're just like, you are an idiot. And uh, but it is they're great because, yes, McFadden's character really does kind of take him over his wing take him under his wing for these just completely sinister purposes. Yeah. yeah. And That's why uh, I got to catch up. I got to see what happens there. Yeah. So it's, but you're right. There is a good dynamic happening there. And then Karen Colton, he's good, but you kind of know what he's going to do. His character doesn't surprise you. He's really good as that yeah. character, but I'd probably pick one of the those two guys over him if I was going to vote. Yeah, and then Christopher Walken got nominated too for Severance. I think you need to watch that beef. I, I think I need to get on. Know how it is? Yep, I think I will get on that. Um, yeah, the thing I'm not about Kieran Culkin is his character is just so sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's you know because he's got his focus is just do whatever. He needs to do get yep. what he wants and he doesn't care what he says no. to anyone, which is entertaining. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I feel like we had an informal poll and by poll, I meant me and Eileen over <laughs> who gets the best lines. And I feel that uh, Kieran Culkin does get the best. He does get the best lines. Yeah, probably. It's got to be a fun part to play. Absolutely. Yeah. They probably have a great time uh, on set just uh, yeah. because they have like, they're in sumptuous locations drinking, you know, what looks like very nice food and drink. And then Succession also got two nominations for supporting actress in a drama. So Sarah Snook and Jay Smith Cameron, you know, she is on the show. Is she the uh, the suffering executive that gets shit on by everyone? Just right. Like, Who has the weird relationship with Karen Culkin's Karen Culkin like keeps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's her. She's really good. I remember seeing her. She was in a movie called Margaret mm. with Matt Damon and Anna Paquin. And she was really good in that. I think she does a lot of theater in New York. She's like a New York actress. Okay. So it was good to see her get nominated. Because she's always good. But who would you pick between those two? 
the, the sister and uh, I would pick the sister. Uh, forget her name. Um, Sarah Snook's the actress's name. Yeah, um, I would pick Sarah Snook. Yeah. I, I think it's just, it's also the way the character is written, but that's tough. They're in tough spots because they're, you know, women in a male dominated environment. Mm-hmm. But she also has to play like the sister and the daughter. And, you know, so there's that layer of acting. Um, yeah, she, she, it's a meaty part. She and gets to do a lot in that one. Mm-hmm. So she's a sister, yep. she's a sibling, a child, and also a wife. And, and also trying to get that top position. And she is also, yeah, just as ruthless and terrible. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. As they all are. They're yeah. So but the competition in that category is crazy. Because Julia Garner from Ozark's in it. Mm-hmm. She's who's great. She's won, I think, at least twice. Yeah. And then Rhea Seahorn in Better Call Saul, which I haven't watched, but everybody was like demanding her nomination for years and she finally got it and the show's coming to a close soon so this might be her year yeah right and sydney sweeney do you know who she is i don't think so she's on euphoria she got nominated for two different things this year she got nominated for euphoria and she also got nominated for the white lotus which I have not show on HBO. Yeah, so the Academy not. apparently loves her too. So it's going to be an interesting battle this year. Yeah. And then there's also just some other stuff. I got to, well, we're, <laughs> this is taking a little longer than I thought, but the comedy series one, I feel like the nominees, especially from what you just told me before we did the podcast, they kind of just pick stuff that always gets nominated because it's Curb Your Enthusiasm, Barry, yeah. Ted Lasso. So those three oh, have been getting nominated they always get since nominated. they've started, basically. Right. Hacks, Hacks is in there. I think Hacks, I don't know if it won last year, but I know it got nominated. I think Gene Smart won. And I've watched a few episodes of Hacks, but it's not, it's okay. Right. It's not something I've not watched it. No. There's something I don't know. The humor on it's just not for me, I guess. I think that's my issue with it. And then Only Murders in the Building, which I liked, but didn't love. Yeah. Me too. And Selena Gomez, I just don't think is good in the show. Yeah, I, I think she was, I, I agree with you. I, I just didn't, every time she came out, I was like, well, she's bringing everybody down. Yeah, and some the Onion AV Club's like, why didn't Selena Gomez get nominated? Because she was not as good as the others. I'm like, because she's not good. That's <laughs> right. Because her performance was not good. And that's another show is like, is there's funny moments in it, but is it a comedy? It doesn't feel like a comedy. Does it feel like a comedy what, to you? I don't even know what it is. It's, it's a like, mystery. Uh, it's it's a mystery. Of, yeah, I guess it's one of those fun mystery kind of things. It's just like that half hour thing. So that anything a half hour is a comedy. And none of those shows had as good a year as Atlanta. Atlanta should be in here. And because you said Ted Lasso, you said Ted, Ted Lasso didn't grab you this year. 
No. Was this, was this season three or season I two? So. I think it's season three. Yeah. Season three. Yeah, they made one of the characters a total heel, and I just didn't buy it. And I always thought Ted Lasso skated very dangerously close to the edge of the cliff in terms of being good or being like really cheese ball and corny. And mm -hmm. I felt like kind of fell off the cliff this year. Yeah. Too many eye rolling moments. But again, my heart is black and I wish no one any kind of, uh, I'm not capable of any kind of, you know, deep, uh, vulnerable feelings. So take that <laughs> or what you will. Well, that'll, that wraps it up then. No, anyways. <laughs> and on that note, now that we're all thoroughly depressed. But what no, show I, like, <laughs> I was saying, like, I was saying, I was, we're watching this. I'm like, this is so cheese ball. And, uh, you know, then I get the talking though. Well, you don't like humanity. Like, oh, no. didn't realize. Yeah. That was the issue. But one of the other shows that got nominated for Best Comedy is Abbott Elementary, which I've heard good things about. I haven't seen it. And I haven't gotten to it yet. So curious about that one. And it's a network one, which they have a hard time getting nominated. Oh wow! Yeah, don't know. Definitely, that's on my list. So maybe I will get to it by the end of the year, and we'll see if it makes my top ten or not. Oh man, the yeah. Emmys are uh, a crucial kind of bellwether on what we're watching uh, next. I just mm -hmm. finished the offer, and now I'm like casting around for something to watch. You saw the whole thing in the offer. Was it good? Yes. It was good. How many episodes was it? Uh, nine or ten. Is it an hour or a half hour? Uh, an hour. An hour, yeah. Yeah. What's uh, that on? Is that on Paramount? You can watch it. It's on Prime. So if you have a Paramount Plus subscription, that's where it is. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't have it, I have been told that if you have Prime, it, come August, you can get, you can get a 30-day trial <laughs> paramount plus and it only costs five bucks so you've got to you know do what you need to do to get off of there you know at the end of the month but you pay five bucks and then you can watch the offer or whatever you know shows are on there um and that's all you that's all you pay mm -hmm. so that seems like a deal and i would absolutely pay five dollars to watch those uh episodes of the offer yeah that's definitely worth it then a few more categories to talk about. So limited series, the two I want to talk about, White Lotus. Have you watched any of that? It feels familiar, but I don't think HBO. I have. HBO. Yeah, I don't think I have. That's Sydney Sweeney we just talked about. She's on that. Connie Britton from Friday Night Lights. And I Steve, Steve Zahn. Yep. They got a ton of nominations because it's a limited series. So right. They got, let me see here. They got one, two, three, four, five nominations. Wow. The supporting actress limited series category, which is just ridiculous. It's like you're going to have every single, I, th I think there's one actress that wasn't nominated that had like a decent part in that show. So she's probably really mad because everybody else got nominated. <laughs> no, that's got to be tough. 
coming to work and everyone's like, oh, I'm my nomination. Are you going to the Emmy party? Yeah. Oh, this is only for nominees only. Sorry. And then everyone goes away. And she. <laughs> so, and I think I, I don't know if I watched two or three episodes of it. And at first I was like, ah, because it's white pretty, lotus. Yeah, it's pretty dark. But then I was like, and then I kept thinking about it. I'm like, I got I got to keep watching it because I'm yep. thinking about it a lot. Right. Right. So again, stay tuned. Okay. Diamond listeners, especially. Oh, the diamond. See listeners. what I decide. You have their attention. Yeah. And another one I'm curious about, I, I was kind of want to read the book first, is Dope Sick. Mm. That's supposed to be pretty good. Michael Keaton, who I love. Right. Love him. And I forgot the actress's name. She's there's a young actress and she's really good. She got nominated too. Yeah. So that's that's on my list. And let's see. That's about all I want to say about that. The limit I mean it's just kind of funny. I think supporting actor, three people from White Lotus. Steve's on, and you know who Jake Lacey is? I don't think so. Did it, the later seasons of The Office, he's one of the new guys at the very end. Oh, okay. Then I did you right. watch um did yeah, you watch High Fidelity with Zoe Kravitz? Yes. He was the one boyfriend. Okay. okay. Yep. But on this show, he plays a jerk. So it's a different role for him. Nice. And then this guy, uh, Murray Bartlett, who everybody thinks is going to win because Murray he's, Bartlett. So, he's so good on, he's so good on it. It's a great name. <laughs> Murray he should play for the Guardians. He should. Backing up Connor Pilkington comes in. First Pilkington and then Murray Bartlett comes in. There you go. There you go. But Murray Bartlett is an Emmy-nominated actor. Yeah. <laughs> and then lead actress drama, we got Laura Linney, who we both think is great on Ozark. Mm-hmm. Zendaya, I think she I think she won last year. She won last year or two years ago. And Sandra Oh. But people are complaining about Killing Eve getting nominated for stuff because they don't think the season was good. Mm. So is that Sandra not, on there? Is what? Is, is that what Sandra owes on Killing Eve or she? Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, I'm rooting for Laura Linney. And there's a show called Yellow Jackets. Have you heard about that show? Yes. But that I got nominated. That's on Showtime, I think. It's like right. Christina Ricci and Juliette yeah. Lewis. That's gotten a ton of critical praise. But that one, maybe I'll get that to that one a couple of years from now. Mm-hmm. And then the comedy, lead actor in a comedy, it's all people I like a lot, but Sudeikis is one of them. And you said Ted Lasso wasn't that good this year. He's likable. Uh, Bill Hader and Barry. And Barry, I'm still watching it, but not sure about Barry. I mean, I, I love loved the first season. I thought last season was pretty good. This season, right? jury's still out for me. Okay. And then Steve Martin and Mark Short. Sure. Both good, but we just talked about the show. We just thought, you know, it's, it's our, it was good, I guess, but. It's, it's not a comedy, I guess. Yeah, I don't think it's anything to celebrate this much. Fun kind of mystery, yeah. I yeah. And um, Nicholas Holt, do you know who he is? Mm, no. I know him from The Favorite. Do you remember the movie The Favorite? It was Emma Stone and 
Olivia Coleman and yep. Rachel Weiss. He's in that. And he's hilarious in that. Okay. I don't, I don't watch the show he's on, but I love them in that movie. So I think it's a strong group, but I don't, I mean, I feel like they could have gotten some different nominees this year. They'd like play it safe and, you know, nobody wants to, uh, you know, rock the boat, I suppose. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the Emmy politics. Or uh, the the way that uh, you know those and there's just so many categories I lose I lose track. Yeah, and again, there's there's tons of content, and they repeat people too much. And but this year, I feel like they at least tried to get some people in as they're nearing the end of their run. Right, like getting Laura Linney in there and. Better Call Saul, um, Rhea Seahorn, and also lead actress comedy, Issa Rae, her Insecure show had its last season this year. Okay. I think she got nominated before, but I think this year she might have a chance to actually win. I wonder, uh, this, that, and that's the final season you said? Of uh, Insecure? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then another show I like, I mean, want to watch that I haven't seen yet is Made, which is another limited series. And Margaret Qualley got nominated for that. You know who she is? No. Wait. Do She's I... Andy McDowell's daughter. Yeah, yeah. She was in The Leftovers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she was on that Bob Fosse miniseries with... Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams. She played like Bob Fosse's girlfriend towards the end. She's a really good actress and, and it's based on a book. And that's another one I really want to see. And then they also, Kate McKinnon's last year was this year on SNL. So she got nominated again. I think she's won before at least, maybe even twice. And she's, what's funny about her is she so hacks is a show that the critics seem to love even though i'm not kind of lukewarm on it right and what they did was it's basically two leads on that show it's gene smart and then it's hannah einbinder if i'm saying her name correctly mm-hmm. who is lorraine newman's daughter really yeah but they put her in the supporting category interesting instead of but they're if you watch the show they both have this equal amount of it actually centers more around her i think but they put her in the supporting role i guess because they were trying to get her a nomination and it worked Mm. but kate mckinnon i could see her winning again she's fantastic (laughs) and then john oliver wins every year so yeah. what's your do you watch a lot of that stuff do you watch talk shows? you know I, I watch the clips that people put on like facebook or twitter and they're like oh you got to hear what john oliver said about you know but i mean that. even just talk shows in general are there any talk shows you watch fairly often uh nothing i'm a regular i i always yeah. do I'll, I'll go for the snippets you know what i've been doing lately is watching old letterman uh on youtube it's just yeah do they have complete episodes? Uh, in some cases, they'll just have a guest. Like I watched Christopher Reeve was on. Yeah. And uh, and it was, he had just finished doing Death Trap. And so Letterman had him <laughs> on. And uh, yeah, Reeve was great. And 
and uh, so I watched that. And then um, I also, uh, Letterman was on Howard Stern, I want to say like two years ago, talking about Howard Stern was asking him to compare um, Andy Kaufman to that Joaquin, that famous Joaquin Phoenix or infamous. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but the stuff that Letterman was talking about with Andy Kaufman was gold. Yeah. It was gold. And yeah, I watched that. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Really great. Uh, he said, uh, he goes, the last thing that uh, Andy Kaufman said to me, because, you know, like he'd finished the bit and then, you know, how like, the music starts and then, you know, someone yeah, whisper. and you whisper to each other. Yeah. It goes, Andy Kaufman whispered to me, send me all the hate mail. <laughs> I want all the hate mail. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Funny but, stuff. So, well, that, I you, so to answer your question, no, I don't keep up with it, but I'll right. watch. If someone said, oh, you got to watch so-and-so he was on uh, James Corden or, you know, whatever, you got to watch it. I'll watch it. Well, John, John Oliver is the only one I watch every week, but he's once a week. Mm-hmm. He's not like the other guys who are on every night. And he got nominated with Trevor Noah, who I don't watch. Right. Beth Myers, Jimmy Kimmel, and Colbert. And I like all those guys. I like all those guys. I think Jimmy Kimmel's the funniest of them. Jimmy Kimmel makes me laugh. Uh, Colbert, I think, is the best interviewer. Mm-hmm. And Seth Myers, I, I've never thought Seth Myers was funny, but he's the smartest. I, I don't even know if it's that. I don't. I, I don't know. I think Colbert might be smarter. But what Seth Myers does is kind of different from everybody else. Like I watched him fairly often in 2020 because. He couldn't go anywhere. Right. I liked hearing what he had to say about Trump and the pandemic. And he <laughs> he had this thing on a couple weeks ago where it's like getting drunk with somebody, <laughs> like day drunk. And it was it was really good. It was day drunk with Post Malone. And do I know much about Post Malone? No, I know he has tattoos on his face. Yes. He's really popular. Yeah. But it was a really, it was a really good segment. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I like Post Malone now. I think he's <laughs> an interesting guy. And I, I actually listened to his album recently, but uh, I'll talk about it after I've listened to it a couple more times. Oh boy. So that kind of stuff. That he's yeah. he tries different things. But I would but I'd vote for John Oliver because it's like Every episode has something in it. Mm-hmm. Even when the episode's not the best, I think it's because it, when it feels like homework, where you're like, "All right, <laughs> thanks for telling all telling me all these terrible things." <laughs> Oliver can be really depressing. Yeah, just I say, I say never binge watch John Oliver. Yeah, you'll come away. You gotta watch him one at a time. Right? Yeah, he's worthy of of winning all the time, and he'll probably he'll probably win again. And let's see, I think I got three things left, real quick. Supporting actor in a comedy, they have two guys from Barry. Yeah. They have Anthony Kerrigan, who's really good, really funny. 
no hole. I think no hole Hank. Is that his name on it? He, he's really good. And Henry Winkler who's also really good. Fantastic. I'd be fine with either one of them winning, even though Barry hasn't had the best year, at least so far from what I'm watching. Now SNL got one nomination. Guess who got nominated out of all the actors on SNL? Um, is it is it like a first year guy? No. Well, he is he's he's been there three years, maybe. Three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it so it's not Kate Mc, it's not Kate McKinnon. No, she did get nominated. Sporting actress. I'm gonna say actor. Oh, so it's uh, men. Pete Davidson. No. Uh, and it's a guy, you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Shea. No. Bowen Yang, who I don't really think is funny. Yeah. He got the nomination. I thought Chris Redd had the best season out of all the men on this show. Okay. So, but he has a lot of, like, Boning somehow has all this momentum behind him. So I wouldn't be shocked if he won. Well, that'd be great. He's, he's likable enough. Nah, I don't, I don't, you, don't know be, you don't even think he's likable. Yeah, not really a fan of his. But so back to Ozark for a second. So they have a guest. <laughs> Just start talking about the categories. It's it is ridiculous how many categories there are. So they have a guest actor category for probably both drama and comedy, but the drama one, they have someone from Ozark. And Ozark has a lot of good actors. So who do they nominate? They nominate Tom Pelfrey. You know who Tom Pelfrey is? No. He's the guy who played Laura Linney's brother. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. And, but this season he's on for like two minutes and it's a flashback and it's a nothing scene. So I'm thinking this is a makeup. Yeah. Because he was great the year before and was not. So they're throwing this nomination out for him. Like, well, maybe you should have nominated him when he was on the show. (laughs) So now two wrongs. (laughs) You, yeah. You have uh, screwed this up two years in a row. Right. And then finally, to wrap it up, I was happy to see what if got nominated. Did you watch that with Jesse? Yeah, I do. I've I've watched a few of them. Yeah, that's a good show. Range one. Yeah, they're good. They're so good. Be, I don't think they get they get all the stars. They get all the original. Uh, yeah. They nominated Chadwick Boseman for an Emmy because it's his voice work on it because it was probably made like two or three years ago. Yeah, before work. they finally got it all together. Right. You know, and it's going up against stuff like The Simpsons and Bob's Burgers. So I don't know if it'll win, but it was, it's nice to see it get recognized because I thought it was well done. I enjoy it. Is there anyone you're going to root for? Not that I think you really pay attention, but. I have to say that I, when are the Emmys? They're like, they're coming up. September. So maybe I got a little time. I can binge watch maybe while I'm on my secret vacation. (laughs) <laughs> uh, which we'll more, get to um, that more to come there yeah hopefully i'll have a good uh, internet connection where i can catch up um but yeah 
Um, well, I mean, yeah, lots to think about. Where or is there's any? I mean, I'd be happy with out of all that you said, like really Succession and Ozark yeah. are like the two that I'm most familiar with, and mm -hmm. so I'd be happy if any of those won mm -hmm. for sure. All right. Okay, so I <laughs> so that wraps it up. <laughs> four four thousand categories of the end. and uh we have 15 minutes left for <laughs> that rest yep. the, uh but uh but this was great because this is a lot of chock full chock full of information uh for you the jag bags diamond listener uh moving forward so once the emmys are through we can go through and talk about who won and what we think of that and that that'll be a good episode in a good recap episode in september so mm -hmm. keep it here jag bags listeners for that update mm -hmm. uh, once uh, the emmy awards are finished um should we do a real quick uh mlb overview yeah cubs look great yeah but thing about the cubs sweep of the Phillies this weekend is you know I'm happy about it but I got the text from you where you're like Guardians are going to get Hap, Contreras who knows any I mean. good Cubs player <laughs> who so knows all these rumors whatever are. progress they show the guys are all going to get traded it sounds like again I feel like that's a I also read today that like there is, and this was Jesse Rogers, who is the, um, he's the ESPN Chicago um, correspondent. Um, he was saying that the Guardians are one of three finalists in the Contreras sweepstakes. So, so no hope at all for Contreras to stay. I mean, depending on what you, uh, what you believe on Twitter. Uh, but Jan Gomes is like, I hit two homers yesterday. Let's not get too sad. Yeah. It's Gomes time. Gomes is like Wilson who? Yes. <laughs> Let me see. If I was- I will Wally Pip Contreras. That's right. Gomes walks around saying, if I was healthy in 2016, <laughs> that would have been a much different World Series. <laughs> Obviously, the team missed me. No, uh, uh, as he as he blasted his second home run. Uh, yeah. Well, it was nice to see him sweep the Phillies and seeing guys like Justin Steele and Morrell and their other young guy Velazquez starting to play well. So they got some guys who are young guys who are showing something. That's what you I like. I feel like that's almost what we said last year when we had a played fairly well the last two months of the year. It's like, okay, what are you guys doing now? Right. Gonna, are you going to get rid of Hap, Contreras, Robertson, Martin, and there's somebody else they're talking about? You're going to get rid of all of those guys and then lose, just have a horrible record at the end of the year? I feel like they're going to maybe, you know, kick the tires on offers. And if they're not overwhelmed, then maybe they'll, you know, make, you know, those, at least half. I think they're going to try and pedal Contreras. I do. Because, 
I mean, the cup. Where are the Cubs? The Cubs realistically, I mean, they're not. I don't think they even are in wild card contention. No, no, they're, they're that that long winning losing streak killed them. Yeah. So they're twelve back, like ten in a row. They're twelve back on the wild card. So. Yeah, they're not going to do anything. But let those guys play, then I say. But when you're talking about possibly signing free agents, you want to look like a team that's trying to do something. True. If you want to get a veteran free agent, they're not going to want to sign for your team if they're unless they only care about the money. They're not going to want to be in a terrible team. Right. Although they could play with Franklin Sampson's nephew. Yeah. He's pitching well again tonight. So he is pitching well. I was just looking at the box score. Yep. And uh Hap is uh auditioning for his new team. He's he's two for three. Yeah. <laughs> and uh you well let me ask you this, because you said the Guardians possibly would get Hap and Contreras. Would you be happy with getting those two? Sure. I mean, they especially Contreras, because that's an upgrade. Over, I mean, they've got Mail and Hedges. Those are their two catchers right now, who are both excellent defensively, and neither of whom can hit. Okay. They are overmatched at the plate. So, as far as a catcher goes, you know that would be an upgrade. Hap, that's I don't see where Hap would play because, to me, Stephen Kwan is pretty well established in left field. So I guess you could put, and Straw seems to be there. Now, maybe they're thinking about getting rid of Straw. Straw is so outstanding defensively, but the, the guy cannot hit. Although he's, mm-hmm. he played well, he hit well against the White Sox, and he's two for three tonight against the Red Sox. So I don't know, maybe he's coming out of it. But And defensively, he is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Out- does he play center or does he, what, what position? Center field. Yeah. So then right field, they got a bunch of guys that they're auditioning there. They got Oscar Gonzalez and they got Nolan Jones that they're See, Hap's, Hap's not a right fielder. He's probably best in the left. Yeah. So it makes no sense because but you, you have a good DH though, right? Yeah. Reyes. So, so the, the Hap thing doesn't, I, I like Hap, but where's he, where are you going to put him? What about your bullpen? Do you need a guy like Robertson? And that would you absolutely could use a guy like Roberts. But he'd be your setup guy because your closer is great. Yeah, we need we need, the the bullpen is young and sometimes can look great, but then has crucial meltdowns. Um, and uh, so it's like, yeah, having a great arm in there would be terrific. Um, Robertson's been really good this year. Yeah, but so, they were talking about Robertson going to the White Sox. Right. Because the White Sox have Kelly struggling, and they said Graverman's been pitching nonstop. Graverman's arm's ready to fall off. Right. Well, they need a guy to set up Hendricks. I don't – I'd be shocked if Robertson stays with the Cubs. I mean, I think that you, you just got to listen to offers, and then, uh, you know, if – if somebody comes in with an offer that makes sense, yeah, you especially if you can get like a really strong young guy for Robertson, you know, whether it's because the Cubs, I mean, you gotta think about their needs. 
I mean, they need, I mean, they need, I mean, even their starting pitching isn't bad, but you, like, what are you going to get for a guy like David Robertson? You're going to get a prospect, maybe like an outfield prospect or maybe like a shortstop. Yeah. It depends how badly they need somebody. Right. If they really need him, they might overpay for him. For Robertson. Yeah. Like the Sox really could use him. Yeah. So they'd have to give up one of their top prospects. And well, pretty, Anthony, pretty our friend Anthony, who was on our baseball preview, he said Givens too, who's Cubs setup guy, might be going too. Yeah. So the Cubs bullpen will just be destroyed. <laughs> I mean, Givens has been he's been decent, but it'd be like all these young un. Uh, untested guys. So the, is, the, the bullpen is just going to be awful if that happens. How old is Gibbons? Uh, let me see. Let me check. Because with young bullpen arms, I mean, I feel like, you know, you, they've got to develop into that role. I don't, I, I don't think you can just like. I just, I don't want to be watching terrible baseball again, because that's what we did last year. We got rid of all of our guys. Givens is 32. Yeah, well, then he's not a young guy. So, yeah, maybe it wouldn't make sense. But that's a guy uh, contender is going to want to get because you you figure you can rely on him. An experienced guy like like that, maybe you get a couple of good prospects. Yeah. I feel like the Cubs should be, like, whenever possible, stockpiling these young guys, you know, restocking the farm system. Well, we need for sure. We need. I mean, Schwindel hasn't been good this year. No. It'd be nice to get a power hitting first baseman. And I like, I like Morrell. So hopefully, Morrell will be our center fielder. And it's been nice not watching Hayward all year because he's been out for a while. Right. So you don't watch him make an out. I mean, Horner's been. Warner's been really good. Yeah. But we need, we do need a, we need a star. I think we said this last week too. Cubs need a big pop. Need a big what's, home. What's the Guardians' biggest need? And, well, two questions. What's the Guardians' biggest need? And we talked about this a little bit, I think, before the podcast. How do you feel about them going for it? If that's, if these rumors are true, that they're really going to try to get a bunch of guys to make a run for this division title. It's weird because what are you, I guess it's like, what would I be willing to give up? Like, I'm not going to mortgage and give away. They have eight top 100 prospects. Mm -hmm. There's two stud starters, Daniel Espino and Gavin Williams. Those are the guys. Well, I'll give you Hayward and Schwindel for that guy. Hmm. Roll that one over. I'll refer, yes, I'll refer you to Alex for (laughs) some salary cap issues and talks. So, and then they've got like a bunch of hitters too. So, you know, I I don't know that I'd be willing to give up like either of those two super pitchers, but maybe, you know, two other of the top eight prospects. I still have six left over. So, but I guess the, and I think I read this, the thinking is okay do we go for it 
or is it even worth going for it? Because are we going to beat the Yankees That's or the Astros? That's what I'm saying. Because the Yankees have been, but the thing about the Yankees, they haven't won in a long time. Right. So they do have kind of a psychological thing going for them. They might choke in the playoffs. They do, but I don't know. They look awfully strong. I mean, Judge has come out of this all-star break on a tear. He is destroying the baseball. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stanton is having a heck of a year. They're they're solid. I don't know. But if you if you that would be a monumental win, choke. But if you haven't won in a long time, you get in the playoffs. Game yeah. one, you go up against a strong pitcher. You start thinking, uh oh. Right. That's what I'm saying. The playoffs are just a different thing. I know. That's why I don't like the baseball playoffs because you could be like just destroying it in the regular season and then come playoffs, you know, you run into a hot team or I don't know. I just think baseball is different and the regular season, if you play really well in the regular season, you should have much more of a reward. And I think it's such a long season too. You play way longer than any other professional sport. Just to come down to like a few games. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Like the Cubs that happened in the Cubs 2018. They had a good year and they get one game. Right. And they don't get any hits and they lose and that's it. You're done. Even though they had a pretty good year. And that happens. That'll happen in a game, you know, especially if you're like really pressing and trying to play the hero, then yeah, that, that happens. Yeah. All right. Real, well, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so you went to the game. Yes. Guardian Sox game. Was the environment, was it a strong fan? Like was, were the Sox fans excited? Was it a good it, crowd? They were, uh, TL was, TL took a, uh, the crowd was good. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, everyone was having fun. And we sat in a section. I did not realize that Anderson, when he comes off the field, he always throws a baseball into the third base stands, throws it over the dugout. Everybody in like two or three sections stands up and is like, <laughs> and he always throws the ball. It's a cool yeah. tradition. Yeah. And it's, uh, I like that. Mm-hmm. And especially it's like, it's a star player. It's not some bum. Yeah. And, um, so that part's great. And the Sox fans seem particularly angst-ridden because Sox went up three, nothing. And then guardians score, uh, four runs in the top of the eighth to take a four to three lead. And I thought Sox fans were going to first kill themselves <laughs> and then kill TL when he went out to, uh, uh, when he went out to get the reliever. And in fact, I did take a little video because I was enjoying it so much. Now, I don't know if you can hear this on the Jag bags, but we're going to play it and just to see. Oh, play it again. That's tough. I couldn't really hear it. What, what were oh, they forget it. All right. What were uh, they saying? They were they were they were chanting "Fire Tony." Yeah. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe the uh, maybe the cheers weren't as loud as I thought. Um, I took a video um, of that because they were. Oh, he he walked out and never started going. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the frustration's got to be incredible. 
Poor TL. And same thing. It's like, like I say, with the four-game series a split, that's kind of what I expected. Yeah, you, you, I mean, they righted the ship. And I'll tell you what, Frank. They didn't right the ship. They, they should win three out of four at home, but they only won two. They didn't gain any ground on anybody. The Guardians are still ahead of them. The Twins are still ahead of them. And they, the game you went to, they almost blew that game. So close to losing that. And they have their two of their best pitchers are bad. I know. Jolito and Jolito are, they can't awful. get anybody out. Awful. Lynn pitched well. Yeah, that game he did. Lynn did pitch well that night. Guardians couldn't, but the Guardians have had issues hitting. So um, they got the Rockies in Colorado. So that'll be an interesting series. Cleveland does or the White Sox do? White Sox do. Feel the tradition of White Sox Rockies. What are, how much are the twins up right now? Game wise? They're up three games? Yeah. Hmm. Well, they're up three on the Guardians and four on the Sox. So you could have a situation where Reinsdorf is like, well, we're not going to catch these guys. We're not going to catch the Twins. But the Twins, the I think the Sox have the worst, I mean, the easiest schedule in baseball the rest of the year. Why not see, you know, like the like I like I've been saying, and uh there's still time. I mean, the Twins could go into a total tailspin and uh you know, if the Sox are, and if the Sox have a really easy schedule, they'll be right there to take advantage. Yeah, so, it's, um, so we'll see. Um, if the Sox were in any other division, if the Sox are in any other division, they might do what you said. They might just start dismantling their team. But since they're with the Twins, who are in a powerhouse by any means, they somehow, despite playing average baseball here, have a shot still. I don't think you give up on these guys just yet. I mean, I don't either because they have tons of talent, but it's, and they're all young. If I, if I was a Sox fan, like I am a Cubs fan, I'd probably have a broken hand right now. Oh, <laughs> just the guy, I not Cubs handle it. The guy, like if the 2016 Cubs had a season like this, mm-hmm. The guy sitting in front of me when uh, the Guardians went up four to three, I thought he was going to punch his son. <laughs> I thought he was going to punch the old man sitting, uh, you know, in the right. He was. He was, was looking, he looking at the umpire and thinking, "Hmm." He was looking for someone to hit. Should I, I go know. on the field? Yeah, I was like, I need to use the restroom because I have a very punchable face. What <laughs> said? Better get out of here before <laughs> he turns around and socks me. Well, me and Darby are going on August 15th when they play the Astros because Darby got free tickets. That'll be good. So where are your seats? It's uh, upper deck because they're free. Awesome. Like summer reading. Here you go. You've completed summer reading. Here are two tickets at the top of Mount Everest. Yes. <laughs> here, here are some binoculars so you can go, well, I think that's Jose Abreu. Do not pitch forward too far or you will tumble down a hundred feet. Yeah. Uh, I might just be walking around sampling everything. And food's good. Yeah. Food's good. But, uh, get, get your bank loan first before you. <laughs> uh, any, ah, man. 
it'd be nice if they were in it and it was because the Astros. Yeah. And I can't stand the Astros. So I'll definitely be rooting for the Sox. So that's a great environment if the Sox are competitive, but and it's still fun even when the Sox stink because Sox fans are crazy. And, uh, and so I enjoy uh, a good night at a uh, well oiled, let's just put it that way. <laughs> the crowd is always well oiled. Yeah, especially on a Saturday night. <laughs> We're going on a Monday night, thankfully. Yeah. So they'll only be half-oiled. <laughs> Hello, half-oiled fans. Hello, half-oiled fans. So I know I ask you this every week. So what's your prediction? Guardians, Twins, or Sox? I'm I'm going Guardians. They're going to figure it out. Wow, They're there you go. trade for Juan Soto <laughs> will propel them to glory. I feel like if <laughs> the, if the Guardians Texas. got Juan Soto, I would have to send paramedics to your house. <laughs> I'll be parachuting off the top of my. Uh, <laughs> uh, Just, I think you'd be so shocked. Woo-hoo! You would, you would yeah, need right, a defib- right. defibrillator. Yeah, right. <laughs> but well, if, you're the, if you're the Nationals, you have to try to keep him. Well, yeah, well, they did try. They offered him like 10 years, $445 million. But just keep trying. And Soto said, that's not enough. And I feel disrespected by you. And I, you gotta, <laughs> and then the rumors started. You gotta figure that out, though. I, he's a special talent. Yeah. And you can't just, you gotta either get something for him and preferably like convince him that, hey, we're serious. We won before, so we can do it again. And here's how we're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And here's why you should take this money, even yep. though it's probably like the Dodgers can pay me or the Yankees can pay me even more, unbelievably. Well, anything else, or should we move on to the Chicago Sky? I have nothing else, so I think the sky can be. Next so the time. sky have an interesting game tomorrow. Commissioner's Cup, which we talked about last week. Yes. Something different that the WNBA has where they get to a certain point in the season and the two teams with the best records get picked and they don't play to three weeks later. But the winners get money. And since the sky, when they – I think they're still the number one seed – they were the number one seed when that was decided, so they get to play in Chicago. So that game's going to be in Chicago tomorrow. Awesome. And they're going to play Las Vegas. And I originally thought Vandersuit was going to be back, but now I'm not sure because they were leaning towards that. But from what they said, they played um, Saturday night. Didn't sound like she was going to make it. Yeah. And they miss her, even though they're playing well. They played the New York Liberty. This is, I feel like I say the same things all the time. They played the New York Liberty, a team that's not in the playoff hunt right now. Right. But they have Sabrina Ionescu, who is one of the best players in the league. Right. They, it was back and forth game the whole night. And Rebecca Gardner was a great player. She's the 31 year old rookie. Right. Really quick, great on defense. 
Yeah. She gets a steal, puts the sky up by one. So I'm like, all right, the sky are gonna win now. Because you, you get like that, because the sky win all the time. Right. But then UNESCO comes back down court, drives on Gardner, Gardner fouls her, she makes the layup, hits the free throw. Sky are down one, but they have, you know, a few seconds left. And WNBA is just like the NBA. You call a timeout, you could advance the ball. So you don't have to worry about going full court. Take it out of half court. They get Candace Parker posting up. She's great posting up. She's like five feet from the rim. Shoots it, goes in and out, and the sky lose. Oh, boy. First loss in a long time. But yeah. I feel like the, the teams that are not going to make the playoffs are the ones they have the hardest time against. They play much better against the elite teams. It could be like a level, a question of they get up for the great teams. And with the, you know, not so great teams, they are like, oh, we got this. And they made But they did have one excuse for not winning. Well, two, actually. One is they played Friday. I think Friday. Yeah, they played Friday in Chicago. And they had to fly to New York the next morning. So they did back-to-backs. And they got uh, delayed because that's when there were thunderstorms that morning. Right. So it took them forever to get to New York. That's right. not the way to you played the night before. Yeah. You're, I mean, these, you know how it is after basketball. You're like, you want to be sitting in a runway. That's, you want to go relax for a while before your game and right. have a good meal and everything. And I feel like their whole, all that got, they still should have won. Right. That probably contributed to it. And, you know, no Vandersloot. And the backup, Julie Allman, she's played pretty well. And But this was the first game she didn't play well. I think this is either the third or fourth she's played in, in, as a starter in place of Vandersloot. Was she turning the ball over? Just not, not really turning it over, but she didn't – she wasn't like a force. Mm-hmm. The game she's played well, she's – getting to a basket or setting guys up a lot. I, she yeah. almost forgot she was playing. It was one of those games. Right. Right. And that might've been, she was tired because be. one, she's playing more minutes now and two, yeah. two nights in a row. And I also, I felt like our friend coach Wade, he, <laughs> he could have played excitable coach Wade. Cause they have 10 10 players right now because Vandersloot's the 11th. Yeah. And they, he didn't play one of their players. And I, I think she's a decent player, but for some reason he hasn't been getting her any minutes lately. I'm like, this is a back-to-back thrower in there. Maybe right. she'll she'll help you out. So I thought that was a mistake. But yeah. like I said, there's not much to complain about. They're the one seed. They're rolling. They only have, I think, nine games left. So basically what they're trying to do now is stay up on top. So they have home court advantage all the time. Right. And hopefully Vandersloot's back. I, I mean, I'm not in a hurry to rush her back, but you want her back enough enough time where she's not rusty and she gets exactly. enough playing time where she's peak Vandersloot for the playoffs. You want to get her back 100%, but then you also want her, yeah, like you said, like, Donor coming in cold and then trying to like adjust automatically to the playoffs because that can be tough. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Anything else on the sky? No. We'll have another update next week. Uh, and a Commissioner's Cup uh, recap will be. Yeah. And hopefully salute back in action. Um, let's do uh, I recommend. Um, do you have a. Uh, do you want Why don't to you start with yours? And I'll do mine. So my recommend is a book. And I just finished it. And the book is called Nightmare Alley. Oh. Mm -hmm. By William Lindsay Gresham. Mm -hmm. um, do, you, do you carry any of those copies? Or did you like recently? Yeah, for because it got nominated. It got nominated. An Oscar. Yeah. Did, I, did, it sell, did it sell at all? Yeah, we sold a few. Um, I picked up this book. I learned about it from... Uh, uh, from Joe through Joe Posnanski's book on Houdini. And I think I talked about it also yep. on the podcast. And he devoted an entire chapter to this, to this author, because this author was very, uh, lived a very tortured life and basically, you know, hung out with, you know, the carnies and the, the grifters and the con men. I mean, that was his, uh, that was his, uh, you know, everyday life and he wrote kind of like your post-college life first four years after college true. yeah i spent life in the american underbelly <laughs> grifting <laughs> and selling my body um for uh but that's you know you have to survive uh len mm -hmm. in order to make it in the, mm -hmm. on the rough streets of chicago mm -hmm. here i am today no worse the wear and wiser but enough about me let's get back <laughs> to nightmare alley uh anyway uh so this guy william lindsey gresson he wrote three books in his life one was a book about houdini the other was a book on the book on houdini was written in the mid 50s uh the second book was a book all about bodybuilding that was written <laughs> the guy must have needed a paycheck Oh. It was his uh, Barton Fink moment. Right. So uh, he wrote this book on bodybuilding, even though, which is ironic because the guy was like a functioning alcoholic <laughs> two years later in bed. He's writing a book on bodybuilding. So that's uh, quite great. And, and Nightmare Alley. And um, in Nightmare Alley as a book is a classic – if you enjoy, it was written in 1946. So if you enjoy a good noir fiction, um, this is right up your alley. And if you saw the no movie, pun intended. Ha ha. And uh, if you saw the movie and enjoyed it, you'll definitely like the book because it the movie was pretty faithful. Do you like uh, the book better or the movie? I have to say I like the book better just because you learn a bit more about the characters and the descriptions of the carnival as it winds its way through, you know, the kind of the back roads of America. Um, Did you think the performances in the movie were like, who do you think matched what you read the most? I thought Kate Blanchett was she did. perfectly yeah. cast yeah. as the femme fatale. Mm -hmm. um, I forget who played the wife um, Bradley Cooper's Rooney wife. Mara. Yeah, Rooney Mara. 
I thought that they 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 gave her a little bit of an edge in the in the book. She's kind of dopey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you root for her because she came from a terrible, you know, life and um you know, she was uh you know, kind of seduced by the Bradley Cooper character mm-hmm. and uh putting her into situations and the book uh she has a much happier ending than what happens in the movie, actually. Yeah. And I think that's because of the time. And uh, I don't it, think Rooney Mara can play a dopey character. So I know. They, maybe, maybe she wasn't cast correctly. You kind of felt sorry for her, and she was, you know, kind of a waif. Um, and uh, the various people in the carnival, I thought Strathairn. Who played the um the hapless uh drunk but knew the tricks of mentalism yeah that mm-hmm. um i thought strathairn was excellent and i can't remember who played his wife that uh that um tony collette yeah uh very good tony collette was excellent and what's that. your favorite thing about the book though what the 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 way I the the part that I really liked and I thought that Bradley Cooper kind of missed is that in the book you really get the sense that this Stanton Carlisle is descending just into he's disintegrating and descending into madness. So you feel it more in the book than you do in the movie. Yeah, you feel even at his height when he's at his height and he's trying to pull off this grand um, scam. Um, you can feel that he's barely hanging on mm-hmm. and he kind of lat, which makes him very vulnerable. So he latches on to the Kate Blanchett character. And because he's so vulnerable and barely keeping it together and kind of improvising and fearful that he'll be thrown in jail or worse, he's, he doesn't see the, that uh, the Kate Blanchett character is setting him up. Mm-hmm. So, um and then, which makes his his you know complete downfall even more, um, you know, tragic. I, you know, Bradley Cooper, I think, is a little too um, too much of a too much of a leading man that you believe that he's like on Skid Row. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah, it's very well written. It's I mean, lots of when he when he goes cuckoo at the end, you really feel it. The writing's yeah. very, very good. Mm-hmm. Lots of really scary uh, parts as well. So if you like the movie Nightmare Alley, pick up the book. Um, I'll put it on the Beave Recommends end cap at O'Hare. That's the that's a very extensive end cap, isn't it? <laughs> of, uh, Nightmare Alley, and, bunch of coloring books. Yeah, Russian novels. Joe Poznanski books. Russian books. Some and, Russian literature. <laughs> and uh, great, great inventions. books. Some Heim biographies, you know. Yes, uh, what a uh, what an end cap! That's I'm sure that's a huge <laughs> seller, huge seller at O'Hare. Yeah. Okay, what's your uh, I recommend? So, summer's running out. Yes, unfortunately. Yes, I still think it's a crime that kids have to go back to school in August. When do you, when does Jesse go back? Uh, late August. Uh, the kids go back mid-August. It's like August 
17th or something. Well, that's about when Jesse goes back. That's ridiculous. Agreed. Post Labor Day. Absolutely. When I run for president, that's my number that's one. That's number one priority, and you yep. will be rewarded. Yep. But so we went to the zoo, Brookfield Zoo, and we hadn't been at the dolphin show in probably two or three years. And it was the best one I've seen there. I Although I guess it was short. Me and Henry both noticed it was shorter. Yeah. But I think they're doing that to get more shows in because okay. it was full. I mean, it was right. packed. It's a Monday. I can imagine how the weekends are. Weekends got to be crazy there. Right. Because I, I even asked one of the cashiers, I'm like, aren't there usually more booths open? I'm like, are you shorthanded? And she's like, no, it, you know, on the weekends, you have everything open. I mean, we're there on a Monday, so. Right. right. But so we go, we get to the Dolphin Show, and I guess Darby had gone to him before, but I think she was so young, she didn't remember him. Right. Because she, <laughs> she didn't even ask me today. She's like... How old do you think we're going to be when we get bored of the zoo? <laughs> what I said to her was, I think when you get older, there's different things you like about the zoo. Right. When you guys were little, you know what we would do? We'd go on a playground or we'd go to the play zoo. I'm going to be there all day. Yes. Now you guys actually want to see the animals and do others. You know, you're more into the actual regular zoo stuff. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> then we go to dolphin show and have you ever gone to one at brookfield zoo or, or you just go to lincoln park yeah we've always we've only gone to the lincoln park zoo that's the only zoo we've gone to so brookfield do they have dolphin shows at lincoln park not that i've seen no yeah so brookfield zoo they've had dolphin shows there forever and of things like the dolphins are basically vertical and they're just moving right 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 the, the swimming right. tank which is great and you know doing their tricks and catching like playing catch with the trainers and everything right but what they did i guess laura said they'd done this before but i didn't i didn't think they did so one of the divers this older guy probably close to our age dives in and is swimming with the dolphins and doing stuff like basically surfing on them kind of and swimming with them and you know just cool stuff but then he goes down to the bottom with the dolphin and then he comes up the dolphin has him on top of him and then the dolphin pushes him with his like snout off of him and he was like way up in the air huh. it was really cool awesome and yeah where i was like oh my god i was just kind of looking at each other like what i, I mean darby was like that like very strong. first yeah, and smart. And the very, I guess, I think they're, the dolphins have an image as like being nice animals, but I heard they're not. Oh, really? I heard, I heard they're not the nicest, but they can be trained, I guess, obviously. But yeah, even after the first trick, when the dolphin was like coming across the tank or whatever, Darby looks at me like, <laughs> I think we hadn't seen it and she's nine so she probably was six five or six last time we saw it she was amazed so that's uh that's always a good one for the uh for the increasingly bored uh preteen <laughs> yeah it was it was um, fantastic 
we wanted more. Me and Henry were both like, that's shorter than normal. You went as a more dolphin. We wanted more. We because every trick was great. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. That's good, I recommend. Yeah. Very good, I recommend. Yeah. Well, your writers are really coming up with some interesting I recommends. I really applaud you uh, and your staff. Yeah. So the long hours pay off. Yeah. That's our motto. Long hours pay off. Long hours pay off. For I have me. it on a tapestry in our office. Your long hours pay off for me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, let's do Rolling Stones top 500 albums really quick. Uh, I told the Diamond listeners that you're doing six. And again, standing ovation. I accept your standing ovation. Uh, there's two Ernie Clement jerseys. <laughs> and I, I didn't tell them your unkind words you said about his third base play. So. It's because I expect more of Clement. Because I like him, I expect more. I could have gone tonight uh, and do a very deep dive on Ernie Clement's play, but we'll see. <laughs> We'll save that for when Ernie Clement hits the game-winning homer to finally give you guys a World Series championship. I expect a full apology. You will be a Cleveland hero, and I will apologize in full to Mister. If he does that, I'm buying an Ernie Clement jersey myself. Oh, I'll be right behind you, maybe <laughs> ahead of you. Definitely ahead of me. <laughs> yes. So, well, we'll we'll have more on Mister Clement later. Um, all right, here are my albums, uh, reviews, my deep dive and soaking. Uh, we'll start with album number 314, Alias, One in a Million. This was her uh, second album, her first with Timbaland, and uh, it was put out in 1996, and... Uh, I get it. It's, I mean, it kind of sounds like it could be put out today. And I'm sure back in 1996, it was considered, you know, very different and fresh and new. Um, but, um, and I liked it, but do I think it's a top 500 album? I don't. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that there was really nothing to it. And I didn't, there weren't even any that many like hooks or melodies to really grab you. So it was just all drum tracks and her singing and beautifully. And, um, and uh, but sort of like, kind of more like song fragments and um, snippets as opposed to a fully realized record. Yeah, so, I remember when I saw it on the list, I thought it would at least have Are You Somebody on it. You know that right. song, right? Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, like that's a, oh, I didn't realize Alia had come up from the grave and was wondering <laughs> annoy. I love that song. I love the video. Yeah. And that wasn't on there. Yeah, I don't think this is on here. I was disappointed. I'm like, that that's her best. I mean, well, I, not that I knew a lot of her songs, but I love that song. So I'm like, well, it's gotta be that album. Yeah, it's not. And I think I had the same reaction to that. I'm like, yeah, I like it, but eh, I don't right. know. I don't know if it's top 500. Top 500 worthy. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. Album 313, PJ Harvey, Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. 
I really liked this record. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting. And uh, she's got a weird, you know, distinctive voice. Yeah. But it was very moody. And, um, you know, it kind of, uh, um, you know, very kind of interesting um, uh, vocal arrangements and also kind of instruments as well. It was kind of stark. Um, and the songwriting is great, too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this was a winner. Yeah, I think she. Although I think it's a little high. I wouldn't she, put it this high. She has a really passionate fan base. She really does. Yeah. I think she's a little underrated, too. I think she should be listened to a little more. Agreed. I agree. Every PJ Harvey album I listen to, I'm like, okay, this is great. Yeah. Um, all right. Album 312, Solange, A Seat at the Table. I will refer you to The Onion on this record. Because <laughs> uh, they say it better than I ever could. Uh, it says, limited edition Solange vinyls. Features list of chores to do while album plays in the background. And that (laughs) (laughs) to me is the review of this album. It's even more boring than the Alia album. I mean, it is just bland and uh, isn't there a lot of narration on this album? So much. There's too much. That's what my complaint about it was. It's like, get rid of that. Get rid of all that stuff. But it's this is a music album. Do it in the lyrics. We don't need all this extra narration on it. And the, the and the music is just so bland and lifeless. Mm-hmm. There's no passion behind it. So yeah, these lyrics are like very angry and stark, but there's no there's nothing to back it up. So I feel like it detracts from their power. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the message gets I don't know. I feel like it, it doesn't reach the people that it probably should reach. Hmm. Um, but anyway. Um, okay, 311. Neil Young on the beach. So I went to uh, listen to this record, especially after our Neil Young podcast episode. And I could not believe that I overlooked this album as much as I did. This album is great. I think only, did Bruce mention it? I think he did. He did. There's Walk On. That's the most famous. That's a great song. And then there's Revolution Blues, which is terrific. And um, and then uh, there's On the Beach, the title track. There's Motion Pictures. There's Ambulance Blues. Um, all great. Um, and it, it feels like a typical mid-70s great Neil Young record. And uh, I think it's probably appropriate for 311. Um, for sure. Um, Neil Young is just so good. I agree. Uh, 310, Wire. The album is called Pink Flag. Do you like Wire at all? I don't. I think I liked this, but I can't say I was familiar with them before I listened to this. Yeah, they're very, their music is very angular and jagged and, and mm-hmm. uh, difficult. Um, and I think it takes a while to get into it. I really like Pink Flag a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the top 500 album. I don't know. I'd put it more in the 400s, but I think it definitely belongs. Yeah. Um, two more records before we 
uh, line this up. The first is Joy Division closer. Two more. You said you had six. You already have this is number six. Or do you have seven? seven. Do you have seven? Oh, maybe I do have seven. I do have seven. Oh, one of our Ernie Clement clad diamond listeners has fainted. Uh, they're like, can you can it really be real? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, closer is. I don't think it's as good as Unknown Pleasures, their first album, but it's very good, and um, and I think it's they they just kind of like start where they, uh, kind of like Doom. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just the synthesizers and everything just sounds cold and um, terrible or like when I say terrible, I mean like pessimistic Mm -hmm. and, um, and it it was nothing that had been, it's kind of like the sound of like a machine going out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so weird that they turn into new order. I know. (laughs) It's those two are, you're like, I think that's why I get confused by New Order. <laughs> like, wait, they came out of Joy Division? I know. I think Ironically that, uh, named Joy Division? I feel like Joy Division, they they were obviously influenced by Kraftwerk, your favorite band of all time. <laughs> but I think they took that blueprint and said, well, what happens if the robot, like, start, like, you know, blew a piston or, you know, somehow, you know, overheated and then combusted? That's what I think of when I think of the their two records. But I think this definitely belongs. <laughs> the last uh, seven beef seven amazing. The last album is "Here Come the Warm Jets" by uh, Brian Eno, and this is his first solo <laughs> album after he left uh, Roxy Music. And uh, you like 70s solo Eno. There's this one. There's Taking Tiger Mountain by Strategy. It's like kind of like commercial kind of pop. Robert Fripp is on guitar. Yeah, I remember we talked about this one when I listened to it. We were kind of discussing him and Brian Ferry. Yeah, I mean, Eno. You were leaning more Eno than Ferry. And I'm more into fairy yeah i think um i think that these albums aren't as commercial as brian fairy you know as like the fairy era roxy music but i just think they're interesting and there's lots of ideas that are going out and so yeah they're definitely not as commercial but you can hear him like experimenting with stuff that he would later use in his you know kind of his later or also like production techniques that he would use with some of the, you know, I mean, he produced a lot of incredibly commercial bands. So um, he's kind of, you know, playing with that stuff as well. And I really love, my favorite song is On Some Faraway Beach. To me, that's as good as anything Roxy Music has ever done. Very sad, uh, beautiful song. All right, Beef. well done. Yep. Tune in for the next uh, episode where I will review. They're, they're throwing packets of crystal light at you, Beef. I will lap it all up with joy. <laughs> I accept your gifts. <laughs>
Oh man. Anything else or should we? No, that's, that's good. We covered it. All right. Thanks for listening. Diamond and normal civilian listeners. Uh, for Thank you civilians. Yes. Please make sure to subscribe to our episode. Um, you can find us on pretty much every social, uh, on pretty much every platform where fine podcasts are found. We're also on the social medias. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. So give us a follow. If you like what you hear, please write us a good review. Your kind words are right now our only form of advertising, but there are our best because it's more authentic, let's face it. And uh, and finally, uh, please suggest a topic to us. If we pick it, you could win a Jag Bags t-shirt. Wow. Pretty soon in 2023, we're going to have 12 different t-shirt designs for your choosing. <laughs> but for now, just get simple, elegant, classic. Jag Bags. <laughs> Beave. Order today. 20 bucks. But if you suggest a topic that we pick, that t-shirt is free. So join the cool kids, get a Jag Bags t-shirt by suggestion or by your cold cash. But for God's sakes, get one. Get one now. <laughs> get it. What are you waiting for? All right, for? let's wrap it up, Beef. You're, getting All right, you're ready to listen. Put a little Jag Bags in your ear. <laughs>